Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello and welcome into another edition of another Dolphins podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. It is Wednesday and today we are putting the Miami Dolphins to to the side. Today is about the Pokemans. We are talking Pokemon on today's show. But before we do that, before we give all our listeners a little peek into our minds, it'll make a little more sense if I introduce Josh Howitz. So Josh, what's going on, my friend? And not much, man. Um, uh, you guys are definitely going to hear the kids today. They're all three uh, lively as all heck. My Keurig died as well, so I'm a little bit t- tired. But uh, we normally talk about our one true love, which is the Miami Dolphins. But now we get to talk about our other true love, Pokemon. So I'm a little bit excited for this podcast. It's a different take on the NFL draft class, and we hope you guys like it. Um, I'm doing good, man. Anytime we got to talk Dolphins with you, how have you been? I'm calling today Good Vibes Wednesday. I have my Jay Cutler jersey on for everyone who's watching on YouTube. And this is going to be kind of weird for me to say because it's going to be a little time hoppy. But um, Dolphins Detail, we're doing our first live show tonight, and I'm a little queasy about it. You know, a little background information about us. I mean, we, Josh, we do all our own editing. You do all the Photoshopping. And so when we do live shows and stuff, that, that that's us operating that too. little queasy, little nervous, but got the Jay Cutler jersey on. Vibes high and ready to attack it. Uh, yeah, you guys should be stoked for that. I'm looking forward to that. Brian Katz could be there to talk about the draft class. He knows a lot more than we do. But, um, you know, we're here today, man. We're going to talk about the running backs. And um, I told you before we even got on here, the last time I wrote an article about the running backs, the first thing everybody wanted to tell me was, uh, you know Chris Greer. He doesn't draft running backs early, this, that, and the other thing. Um, we're just going to nip that in the butt right now. We don't care. We're hoping that for some reason he does the unthinkable. Maybe at 51, we heard today, maybe they might even trade up into the first round. So this will be our running back podcast. And uh, what better way to talk about running backs than to bring Pokemon into it? That was a we wanted to do things a little fresh, switch it up a little bit. So we thought Pokemon would be kind of fun here. And as Josh said, it's important to keep in mind. I think Daniel Thomas was the last running back the Miami's drafted in the first two rounds. Kalen Balage was up there somewhere, right? And Kenny he was Drake, a third rounder. Yeah, I think yeah Drake was a third as well. So the Dolphins aren't known as a team to chase after running backs. So we understand that. We understand that completely, but Joshua, let's get into it. Let's start talking about these guys. First and foremost, Mewtwo. There is a running back in this class who should go by Mewtwo because he was built in a lab. He was the, he was the, he was inspired by the likes of Marshawn Lynch, the likes of Saquon Barkley. And then everyone went to the lab and said, we must make someone better. We must make the ultimate running back. One that is head, shoulders, knees, and toes above everybody else. Joshua, 
Mewtwo is no one else than Bijan Robinson. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly the RB1 in this class. I think he's going to be that running back that we see, you know, maybe be drafted top 15, top 20, something we might not have been accustomed to in recent years. But, yeah, man, he's absolutely built in the lab. He's a complete back. He got everybody, you know, talking about him this year. He's going to be one of the top picks, whether it's dynasty football, you know, even in regular fantasy football. I mean, depending on where he lands, this guy's going to be highly coveted. And like you mentioned, man, built in the lab, 5'11", 215 pounds. You've written down a 99 production score at the Combine, which uh, we talked about it, and we think they take all their different you know on the field work and kind of compile it together but you and I truly did not do not know what that score means but I mean this guy is I mean I hate to say it hate to use that um, word but it seems like he's that once in a generation type running back so um, probably not going to be available for the Dolphins probably not even worth really talking about but again uh, who knows if he starts to slip we heard today that some teams in the back of the draft again were calling Chris Greer to see if they might want to trade up so never say never but Bijan Robinson's probably going to go very high and um, he is an absolute stud just like Mewtwo like Mewtwo the Dolphins will probably need a master ball to catch him. That's really what it boils down to. We heard in Chris Greer's uh, press conferences, we're recording this on April 19th, where teams are talking to the Miami Dolphins about possibly trading up into the first round because the Dolphins don't have a first round pick. Josh, is there any scenario where you'd be happy if the Dolphins moved up into the first round to draft Bijan Robinson? I don't think they'd get a top 15 pick, but if it's like that Najee Harris a few years ago with Pittsburgh, that 17 to like 23 range, would you do it? Is Are you thinking about it or is it an absolutely no? Yeah, I mean, if it happens, sure, why not? I mean, we're sickos. Again, we see the world through fantasy football. We've been talking about Dalvin Cook. We've been talking about the Derrick Henry. So I'd be all for that if, you know, that was the route they were thinking to go. I mean, this is a guy that's going to be a starter for, you know, 10-plus years most likely and could completely change what that Dolphins offense is. But, again, we talked about in a recent pod. I think the running back situation is at least pretty good for this year. But if a talent like B. John Robinson falls, I mean, in the draft capital to move up or whatever it might be is, is worthwhile, sure, why not? What are your thoughts? It's tough. Because I think Merrick made a point um, on, on a previous show that, you know, Christian McCaffrey was drafted in the first round. Najee Harris was drafted in the first round. Saquon Barkley was drafted in the first round. And those teams really didn't do much. There could be a bigger conversation about where they were in terms of the developmental cycle of the franchise and where the roster was heading. I think I'd avoid it. I think I'm kind of team Delvin Cook. I think we spoke about that the other day. Um, go check out that pod if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I just kind of feel like that uh, there's different. That there's just a lot of resistance in this path, just needing to trade, needing to hope he falls. I just feel like for a running back, the master balls shouldn't shouldn't be broken out here. We should just hit save and just keep restarting until we catch him with like a great ball or something. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think I agree with you there. I mean, I would say, I guess, if Dalvin Cook is the route they want to go and it's going to cost a draft compensation or something like that, I mean, I keep thinking Derrick Henry. I mean, we keep hearing the rumors circulate more and more that maybe they move him. So I've always wanted Derrick Henry in Miami. I think the first mock draft I ever did for the Finsider had Henry going to the Dolphins. I so I might lean that way. But overall, I think you're right, Jake. I mean, I think the stat that he was talking about might have been like the last Super Bowl winners for like the last two decades or something like that. Didn't even have a first round running back or something like that in our backfield. So um, I completely agree with you. I guess I would see why the Dolphins would not trade up for Bijan Robinson. But moving along, and I think the name that's really starting to stick out there, especially when you look at what Chris Greer does in the draft, he mostly tries to target best player available. And to me, if for some reason Jameer Gibbs falls to 51 overall, I mean, that to me is the player that would have me hesitant to, you know, run up there and take a tight end or a linebacker like Jack Campbell or a tackle or whatever it might be. If a guy like Jameer Gibbs falls, I mean, that would definitely have me getting a little bit excited. And that might be the pick that, you know, Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel run up to the podium because I do think he's a complete back that could uh, do wonders for that offense.
Jameer Gibbs is Suicune. Now, Josh, this is a little tough because you're only a first-gen guy. I promise not to get too deep into this. This is the only Gen 2 Pokemon we're using. But you mentioned someone like Jameer Gibbs. And I look at something, someone like or a Pokemon like Suicune because Suicune, the, the little biography for him, the power to walk across water and purify dirty water. What I see there, what I envision is weak boxes. The Miami Dolphins attack the middle of the field in the passing game. It's going to be some muck in that secondary, right? You're going to get some seven-yard runs, but there's also going to be a lot of guys in the back end afraid of, you know, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. Jameer Gibbs is someone who, if he gets to that second level, I feel like he's someone who can break a couple tackles, break some ankles, and purify that dirty water and make these huge gashing plays. He just has that incredible balance, Josh, when he runs. He, you have a player comp here for C.J. Spiller, and that just sounds so electric in this Miami Dolphins offense. You could see some games where in this situation, he'd be averaging seven to eight yards a carry just from his devastating agility. And, and Suicune is that perfect example because not only can he run on over water, but if anyone ever played the second gen games, every time you get near Suicune, he'd run away to the entire other side of the map and you'd have to chase him all around the entire region. That's what opposing defenses are going to have to do to Jameer Gibbs, Josh. For me, this is the running back. If they sit at 51 and they do take a running back, this is my stud. This is my guy that I would like to ride into war with. Uh, as a water Pokemon, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I, I'm all on board with that. I mean, I think that's RB2 in this class. I think, you know, there's a chance with a team wanting to get that fifth-year option that maybe, you know, one of those teams in the back end do take him in the first round. I mean, honestly, if the Dolphins fell in love with him, maybe that's the guy they trade up for. But um, he does have a bit bit smaller of a frame than Bijan, 5'9", 199 pounds, had 10 uh, total touchdowns in 2022. Um, you mentioned the player profiler comp of C.J. Spiller, but a lot of draft Knicks are calling him basically Alvin Kamara. And, I mean, when you look at what Kamara does, he is an absolute stud. I think my favorite thing about Gibbs is not only how good he is when he's carrying the football, but what he can do in the passing game. I mean, he can he's a crisp Absolutely. route runner. He, you know, can – come out of the backfield, be that check down um, Maven for Tua Tungvaloa to get the ball out instead of taking those critical hits. So um, I am sitting here trying to get excited about it. I don't think he'll be available at 51, but if he were, again, I think that you would look at all the Dolphins' needs and you would probably say, you know, to hell with all that. This guy shouldn't be here. He's a stud. He can completely change his offense and you'd run to the podium. I guess the one thing I am a little concerned about and I've had people, uh, you know, throw my way is those big running lanes in Alabama. I mean, it's a little bit deceptive, you know, to sit there and watch him running through these big holes that we'll never see Austin Jackson open up. But overall, again, this guy's a game changer and I would uh, be all for it. I think 4.3640 time. I mean, so he is, he's an absolute stud. So I love your uh, Pokemon comp there. Um, definitely had to start playing some newer Pokemon. So I know who this guy is. Hey man, this is like 2000 we're talking about. So, so it's, we're still talking Damn, over 20 okay, years. Like, okay. So I have no excuses then really. Hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. We'll let it slide just because of the fancy hair and the nice mustache. Josh, the next Pokemon we're going to discuss is, is kind of rare because you need a, a Moonstone to get one. But tell me a little bit about Nidoking and who, who that is in this draft. Yeah, for me, it's Zach Charbonnet, and I uh, pulled up the Bulbapedia. I think that's the right way to say it. Yeah, the website you sent me uses his tail to smash, constrict, or break the bones of its prey and enemies. The tail can also be swung to create distance between it and its foes, and he's very proud of his strength. And um, this guy, compared to some of the other backs, we're going to talk about six foot, 214 pounds. He's not really that speedy guy, although he did run, I believe, a 4.5340. But this is a guy that's just stiff arming dudes, you know, bulldozing through the hole, just making plays out of nothing. And I just 
picture um, earlier in the season. I pictured Zach Charbonnet being paired with Raheem Mostert, and um, we know how cliche. And are you going to say? Loves, are you going to say it? Uh, yeah, how much you love the Thunder and Lightning, but I thought yes! that would be the perfect uh, <laughs> duo. So I don't know that I take Zach Charbonnet over um, Jameer Gibbs, just the way I have him ranked. But I'm going to be honest. Watching uh, Zach Charbonnet, he definitely stole my heart, and this is probably my favorite running back in this class. Um, just from what he can do. So I think he would absolutely be that guy that could grind out a game late in there. And I think Nido King was a pretty good uh, comp, but I forgot about the Moonstone, man. Shame on me. The the issue here is because I want to go super cliche and say he's that bowling ball running back that you want. Personally, I think calling him a Nido King is 10 times more fun than that. And you see it. You see this aggressive physicality with the way he runs that I don't even think a lot of guys on the Dolphins have. Just that downright lower the shoulder. I mean, the Dolphins are, are a team that's built on speed, Josh. So I want to ask you, how do you incorporate uh, uh, someone who runs maybe a little differently? Is that a situation that would help the Dolphins or would it maybe boil up a couple problems in terms of it. we want to move fast we got to get going but if we charge up this bowling ball he can knock over 10 guys and get us a strike we can definitely call him Nido King. That definitely sounds much nicer than uh, the comps he got. I do have a player comp down here for DeMarco Murray. So uh, between that and some of the other names you've heard, I think this guy would be a guy that the Dolphins could, you know, again, you're not going to completely change your offense. You still want that speedy guy like Mostert, a guy that can go out there and pass catch, not to say Charbonnet camp, but um yeah, man, I don't know how they would adapt that running back room or the offense around him. But I do think, you know, again, when you have those soft boxes um, with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, now Chosen Anderson, I think you can just see Zach Charbonnet just gashing right through there and making big plays. So uh, this is my guy. I think he will be the available at 51. But again, I don't think that Chris Greer, the way he goes, you know, best player available. I don't know if that'll be him. That's going to be such an interesting question, Josh. I, I look at Charbonnet is such a a unique skill set. And I do wonder if having a unique skill set where you have, you know, uh, Raheem Mostert, the, the speed guy, Selvan Ahmed is kind of like that too. Jeff Wilson's got a little more physicality to him, uh, but Charbonnet just seems like on a different level. You do wonder if, hey, there are going to be really cold games. Can that help mask some of the issues where Miami's trying to throw the ball um, in 10 degree weather? I'm not saying they can't, but I'm just saying this is a great, like a palate cleanser in a situation like that. If Teron Armstead has to miss games and they're sending a lot of pressure from that left side, he's someone who can kind of break through a tackle or two if, you know, the offensive line isn't where it's supposed to be. So while this might not necessarily be a player that is on the field all the time, I think if the Dolphins were to go in a direction like this, when he is on the field, everyone would have their eyes on him because you know he's going to impact the game differently than any of the other uh, running backs the Dolphins have on the roster at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think he brings a completely different dynamic. And again, you're right. It would kind of shift uh, maybe the way the Dolphins view that running back room. It would kind of be a little bit out of the ordinary for them. But I think bringing him a guy like him, like you mentioned, those late December games that the Dolphins have struggled with in recent years. You know, and even when you have a, you know, a three or seven point lead late in the game, I mean, this guy can absolutely grind it out and just become that bullying factor that can end games. So um, I love Zach Charbonnet. Again, his footwork's not the greatest, but overall, this is the running back that I truly fell in love with another running back that I fell in love with. And I'm going to do my best to pronounce this name. Israel Ab Abanaconda. Abanaconda. Ab Ab I think I did that right. Um, Pittsburgh. I put down polyrath. Uh, body is almost entirely muscle and the muscles in his arms and legs never tire. This guy looks like a complete three down back. 5'10", 216 pounds. Um, the game that really stuck out to me, he had six touchdowns and I think over 300 yards against Virginia Tech. So obviously anytime a guy can go out there and completely bully and, uh, you know, 
a pretty a, a solid collegiate school like that. I mean, you got to kind of raise your eyebrows. But um, to me, I kind of see a little bit of Shady McCoy in his game. I think he ran a unofficial 4.26 uh, or 4.32. So this guy has the speed. He has that, again, bullying type size to him. Um, and again, you just see Polyrath right there on the screen. I mean, that's kind of what I picture when he's running around the football. So if I could not have Zach Charbonnet, you know, and Gibbs doesn't fall and the Dolphins don't go that route, I don't know if he's going to be here when the Dolphins pick next. I mean, shame on me. I don't even have the list up, but I think after the um, second round pick, they don't even have, do they even have a third round pick? Second, yeah. So we have second, second third, third, and six then and what? Seven. Six. Six second, and seven. third, six and seven. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you might be able to get him there in the third, right? Maybe, potentially, but I don't know if you'll get him that late in the six. So this is a guy who I think is a stud, can do a little bit of everything, and more than welcome in the Miami Dolphins offense. Yeah, and you mentioned the ability to do everything. Um, uh, Shady McCoy, everyone kind of thought of him as as just like that speedster who just kind of attacks that open space in the secondary. Uh, but but he was a very well-rounded back. You know, I think he could catch the ball. I think he could fight physically through the trenches. That's why, Josh, I, I don't know how many editions uh, of Mario Kart you've played, but it reached a point where you could kind of uh, switch your car and some could handle better, some would go faster. I see this guy as the ideal, like... And this is going to sound a little rough, but just slightly above average in every single category. There's nothing super flashy. There's nothing that uh, you know makes him above and beyond everybody else. But just a certain level of consistency, a certain level of comfort you see here. Uh, I'd be kind of okay with that. I think we'd miss out on a lot of the rookie um, uh, issues that people have to work through just because I think he's so well-rounded and consistent while on the field. So to me, man, I see a Mario Kart uh, cart. I guess that is just so well-rounded, so consistent. It's not going to be the fastest, but it can handle every turns and it can keep up in terms of speed. So yeah, man, I think this would be a fun pick, uh, but it is, I was going to say he's a little on the smaller side, but I'm, I'm absolutely lying. You know, you, you say 5'10", but then 216, I mean, he's he's got the body built, even though being a little on the short side. Yeah, he's got that polyrath body. So, I mean, again, this is a guy that can beat you with speed, can pull away from defenders, but can also kind of go through you. So I think he can do a little bit of everything. Again, not really sure he'll be there if the Dolphins decide not to go running back in those first two rounds. But his player comp is Tevin Coleman, and I think that's a guy that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was in San Francisco, right, when Mike McDaniel was there, probably, maybe, kind of, sort of. So um, who knows? Atlanta, when he was in Atlanta, that that offense, the Shanahan offense was awesome. um, I don't know how great of a comp that is, but Tevin Coleman, you know, at times looked really good. So um, he looks just like polyrath and if the dolphins want to go that route get a running back that can do everything can probably be a three down back um i think that'd be the route i'd go moving right along after josh picked two pokemon that needed stones to evolve and a stunning stunning turn of fate here i'm so sorry to everyone out there that has absolutely no idea what we're talking about in terms of the pokemon uh but here we're just going to keep on moving joshua this one is you hand up I messed up a little bit, but I'm going to let you spin zone it and play it out here. So, so why don't you kick us off? (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I wasn't ready for that either. I actually put down that he was Alakazam. So I'm not even going to sit here and run out my, um, uh, give you my description, but my whole point behind this was he was a cadaver. Devon A chain, I think I said that right. Devon A chain, smaller back, 5'9, 186 pounds. But when I watched him on tape, man, I think I even tweeted out this guy looks like a souped up knee for speed car. And he reminded me a lot of Raheem Mostert. So, again, if that's the type of back the Dolphins see in the future, or a type of back that the Dolphins, uh, you know, want to run with moving forward, I think he can do a little bit of everything. There's even video of him knocking a dude on his ass, pass protecting, which, I mean, when you're 5'9 and, uh, 186 pounds I guess that would definitely be a concern right whether or not you can pass protect whether or not your body's going to hold up and I think that's truly the only reason that uh, 
A-Chain's not, you know, probably higher on some of these different mock drafts and some of these running back rankings because you do have to wonder how he's going to hold up. But overall, I think this guy's a cadaver. Not quite the Alakazam yet, but my whole theory was that he Just teleports around the field. And uh, I think um, if the Dolphins landed A-Chain, I think you see a lot of fantasy guys, you know, gushing about that, saying, I would love to see A-Chain in Mike McDaniel's offense. Um, I mean, it would just be explosion, and he would be perfect for what the Dolphins are tr- already do on offense. So, when you think like I'm going to get real nerdy with this for a second, but I think it works. Please, please let me know your thoughts on it, Josh. Um, for a chain, like like psychic Pokemon, the offensive ability is through the roof. They're super powerful, super explosive, and they can teleport. They just run away if they need to, and that just kind of fits what he does. But also, man, there is the downside of for how strong they are. Their weaknesses are just so obvious and apparent. That's like where, where you know, you'd love to be in Chris Greer's war room, right? You see these big explosive plays, but can he get you two yards between the trenches when Christian Wilkins can't be out there as your fullback? Can he block and pass protection? And th- those are going to be big questions. And Josh, is there, like, the way the Dolphins roster is currently built, would you have an issue investing in maybe a, a project running back? Because I think the way the, the room's built and everything right now, I can see them doing that, but I I don't know if it'd be the best roster building route in in terms of, you know, they need the guards or they need maybe a guard or tackle still. They need a linebacker, maybe a safety. I don't know if a project running back that high in the draft would, would really fit what this team's trying to build. Yeah, I guess it all depends on how the Dolphins are viewing things. I mean, we're going to talk about it more later in the week, but uh, between Chris Greer, Marvin Allen, you know, Xavier Howard, too, talking about those press conference, we got a lot of meat out of that. And one of the things Marvin Allen was asked is, you know, when you drafted Channing Tindall, when you drafted Eric Ezukoma, did you see them as kind of projects? And he said straight up, yeah, we did. We envisioned what they were going to do down the road, not so much last season. So maybe they do bring in a project because, again, there are lots of one-year deals on that off- uh, running back room. Correct me, two. I think two of them, Salvin Ahmed and Miles Gaskin on one-year deals, correct? And then uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson on two-year deals. And Chris Greer even alluded to, you know, the fact that you might look at a roster spot right now and say that it's loaded, but some of those guys are on one-year deals. So he may have been talking directly about that running back room. So I'd feel a little bit better about it because, again, I feel a little bit better about this group heading into the year. But, um, yeah, ideally you want to bring in a guy that you can hope can go out there, especially at 51, and immediately make a difference. So I don't know if that's A-chain. You know, again, I think there are some running backs rated higher than him. Him, but player profiler again it's uh they break down some of the numbers they compare them to previous guys in fantasy football mostly they have chris johnson written down here jake and i don't oh, know boy. about you man but that makes me uh moist that would be crazy so i can see that explosion <laughs> a little bit i i'm gonna temper it back a little and say um raheem mostert i think i've seen even people suggest matt Breida, but chris johnson man oh boy did we not uh there were times when we all wanted chris johnson uh, in a dolphins uniform Oh, dude, a- absolutely. That running style, it was just so unique, the, the quickness and, and just the decisive. Um, even even before hitting a hole, it seemed like he kind of knew what his next three steps were going to be. Um, Josh, can we can we talk? Do you mind if we talk about that for a second? Just the idea, what Chris Greer said there in terms of project picks. Does hearing that kind of impact how you are going to go about the Dolphins and how they're going to draft because we can say they need another linebacker. They can say they need another guard, but if they're looking at how this roster is going to be maybe a year or two from now, and maybe not short-sighted need fits Charles Harris, and they're focused more on guys that in a couple of years can be bigger stars. Does that change about how you're thinking about this draft? All of a sudden is, you know, a chain of real possibility, even though we will never see them. And it's just going to be a guy we're going to complain about every week. Why isn't he getting snaps? 
Yeah, it could be. I mean, I thought you were going to try to go completely spin zone there and try to say, you know, I know there was a Barry Jackson article where they talked about the cornerback room and some other positions that you shouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins, you know, target them early. I mean, with how loaded the cornerback room is and things like that, I mean, basically what I took from that is they might go best player available, whether it helps them, you know, this season or down the road. So um, I, I don't know how they're going to go after this. I hope that, you know, they have a plan in place, obviously. I mean, that right tackle spot makes me so queasy hearing him say that they're, you know, planning on Austin Jackson being the starter there. I mean, that that scares the hell out of me. We'll talk about that in another pod. And, you know, honestly, if we're sitting here talking about running backs, talked about him in the last pod. We talked about Derrick Henry. You know, we can talk about until we're blue in the face, but until they fix that offensive line, does any of it matter? So it definitely makes you look at this uh, – 2023 draft and you know what the Dolphins could do in a different light but overall I think we should all just again we kind of saw it as the season went on right we were sitting there saying bring Eric Ezekome let's see what Chang Tindall got and then as the year went on we saw again Tindall get beat I think it was by Justin Fields trying to spy and we were like okay these guys are red shirt freshmen basically so um, mm -hmm. I have no issue with the Dolphins going that route especially maybe they bring in a guy who's injured and falls into their lap you know at 51 who shouldn't be there I, I don't know, man. We're, we're just playing guesswork here, but I like with Devin a chain. I mean, I like all these running backs. I think all these guys we could get excited for, and we'd all try to pick up on our fantasy league next year, even if, again, we don't know if they'll even play or do anything next season. Isn't that the nice thrill of being a Dolphins fan? Josh, I'm going to shoot my shot right here. I'm not going to use this guess in any other podcast and anything else I do. I'm going to say it just here, and I'm not going to say it again to the draft. Second round, if the Dolphins stick, defensive tackle. Nose tackle, defensive tackle, I'm telling you right now, that is where my dart, my Hail Mary. I have no sources. I'm just going to leave that there. Josh, like it. we have one more Pokemon here. He comes from Tulane University, a ball of energy, unpredictable, explosive in nature, but he can also control that explosiveness. That's why I went for Tajay Spears' electrode. Just someone who is so energized at 5'10", 200 pounds, he averaged seven yards a carry. He had 19 touchdowns on the year, two receiving touchdowns, a 4-5-4-40 time. He was even voted the Senior Bowl Practice Player of the Week. Now, that sounds real nerdy. That sounds like uh, the, the sucking up to the teacher award. But, man, there's just a certain level of electricity that the Dolphins are working with. Just such a high voltage in terms of the speed, man. Just add more. Just keep adding, just keep adding the speed, keep adding this energy. And at a point, you know, nobody's going to, I guess all the gloves are rubber, but I don't know that matters on the football field. Yeah, I don't know if it matters. I'm not going to lie. When you start talking about the Pokemon and you start saying Tulane, I thought you were saying that's where Electrode came from. And I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, how does he know that? And then I realized you're talking about Tajay Spears. But man, I mean, this is a guy whose draft stocks absolutely rise. And I mean, this is a guy that I could see the Dolphins, you know, just have fallen in love with and maybe being that pick at 51. I know a lot of people think that this could be um, some I think even had him in RB too. So um, I would have no issue with Tajay Spears wherever he's drafted. I think he's a complete back that can do a little bit of everything. Didn't he have like insane touchdowns last season? 19 touchdowns, um, seven Caleb yards Black per Special. carry. Yeah, four point. Yeah, oh god, four point five four forty. <laughs> um, like you mentioned with the Senior Bowl, I mean we can't uh, we can't go without saying that uh, Justin Herbert was like the Senior Bowl MVP or something like that. So um, he's in good company, I guess. If you talk about it, all these guys that you know 
they were raving about down there in um, Alabama, somewhere in Alabama. But um, the thing that kind of threw me off, Jake, when I was doing these player profiler comps, Miles Gaskin is who they had here. And I do not <laughs> see that at all. I think Tajay Spears much better than Miles Gaskin. But again, they run the numbers and that's who um, I guess they found them comparable with. So, um, dude, I like this. I like the electro comparison. And again, if he's a Miami Dolphin, I mean, I said it with everyone. I'd, I'd be okay with it, right? We'd find a way for them to be in this offense, and they would definitely fit and be that stud back that we've wanted for how many years. So something I used to do for fun with some of my friends is when they'd start talking to someone new, I'd instantly start comparing to that new person to, like, uh, if it's a, a female, their father, and they're dating a male, I'd be like, oh, it, he kind of reminds me of your father. And they'd always they'd be like, they'd, they'd get this, like, blank stare like they saw a ghost. But then the wheels would circle, and they'd realize, like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Like you're around these traits, you grow up with them, you just kind of learn to like them and and you're cool with that. But when I tell you this guy is like Miles Gaskin, does does that have that same effect? Because it actually kind of made me a little scared. I mean, it, it definitely, I, I probably shouldn't have looked at these comps. And if I tell you this one, Jake, if you go to Player Profiler, the comp for Tua Tungvaloa, can you guess what quarterback they had him comped as? Just, to, just as a comparison. No, it was Baker Mayfield, which, I mean, I was <laughs> kind of high on Baker Mayfield. So and when you think about it, it's not the worst thing. But when you think about that, um, you may, you really shouldn't put too much stock, I guess, into some of these comps. But if you think about Miles Gaskin, you know, say he had a, a Moonstone, right? We get Miles Gaskin a Moonstone Ooh, or okay. a Waterstone or what is there electric is which was the one he gave uh, pikachu to turn into rage thunderstone Thunder. yeah okay so you give him one of those and that's you know the next evolution that's what i could see this as you know that next evolution of miles gaskin then you kind of get excited because i know I'm, I'm a sicko but i know that i had miles gaskin in a fantasy league or two and you know kept him and thought the world of him at one point so uh yeah definitely took it back took a back step back after i read that but i think tajay spears what we saw in the field some of the highlights you see from his time at tulane that dude was just everything to that offense so um, we shouldn't be too scared, but maybe a little bit. See, it, it, the reaction we just had is exactly how everyone reacts when I say that about significant others. It's at first you're like, oh God, no. But then you're like, well, the Waterstone, the Thunderstone, that changes things up. And I, I, I like that quite a bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how these guys do, I think, having these years to develop, especially in the same system, having years to develop. I think that's going to be one of my biggest barometers for Mike McDaniel this year is just kind of some growth with guys specifically, maybe not Jalen Waddle, Tyree killed the stars, but Hey, uh, how's Alec Ingold going to be used differently now that it's not going to be obvious. He's just pass blocking because he has a club on his hand. Uh, how's Liam Eichenberg going to develop? I'm, I think we're, we're really stuck in this idea of every year the Dolphins have made so many big changes for so long that now it's going to be kind of just like, uh, you know, repainting a room, fixing this shutter here, and just kind of seeing how things are maintained is going to be a lot of fun. But Joshua, we did six Pokemon, and I'm just realizing that you have six Pokemon in your team when you're playing Pokemon. We did not even plan that, but that was pretty fire. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for tuning in. We wanted to freshen things up. We decided to go with a little bit of something real goofy in terms of using Pokemon, but I hope you had fun. I hope you enjoyed it and hope it was a little different than the stuff you're dealing with. But thank you so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast for Jake Mendel, for Joshua Houts. We can't wait to talk to you next time. Fins up. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami.
Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami